guys. You're listening to Mama Knows Podcast with your host, Nina Cavajola, aka Balconina. Join in weekly as she walks alongside you to navigate topics around motherhood, mental health, self-love, and relationships. The good, bad, and funny. Today we are talking about diet culture. Oh my gosh. I have dieted my whole life. So this is going to be a good one. And I feel like a lot of you are going to get some great information out of it. We are talking to Crystal Dunham today. She's an anti-diet, weight-inclusive dietitian who helps individuals navigate nutrition so they can nourish their bodies, improve their health, and heal their relationships with food. She does this by using intuitive eating approaches, which you guys know I've been doing lately, to help clients ditch their diets and relearn what health really means to them. She provides nutrition care to all individuals. However, she is the most passionate about working with diverse communities because many times risky dieting and restrictive behaviors go unnoticed in these communities. Her path to becoming a dietitian drew her to the Peace Corps from 2016 to 2018. That's incredible, Crystal. She has been featured in Men's Health and is a well plus good expert contributor. She was selected as the 2022 Recognized Young Dietitian of the Year in Oklahoma. She lives in Tulsa area with her husband, and I'm so excited to have her with us today. Crystal, thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited about this topic. It's been actually heavily talked about over on my social media recently as I'm working through intuitive eating with my therapist. So this is great. I'm so happy you're here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do around diet culture, intuitive eating, and whatever else you do? Yeah, Nina, thank you for having me. As we were kind of talking off mic, we've tabled this discussion for a while, but we're going to get through this today. Um, So my name is Crystal Dunham. I'm a registered dietitian based out of Oklahoma. Um, Before I talk about like a lot of what I do now, I'm maybe going to talk a little bit about what led me to this place. I was a Peace Corps volunteer from 2016 to 2018. So I spent two years serving in a South African country. And while it was such a rewarding time for me, I learned a lot about myself. I really struggled with my body image while I was serving. Um, So many countries value American culture and are influenced by American culture, i.e. Brazilian hair and like the snatch waist and like blue eyes and blonde hair and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even as a volunteer serving as a living, breathing American, I didn't match up. <laughs> so surprisingly, I became incredibly hypervigilant of diet culture while I was serving in the Peace Corps. Um, Some of my friends there were local professionals, nurses, and teachers. And on the weekends, I would spend time with them and hanging out in their flats. I would notice their kitchens reflected a lot of what I see here in the States, like the supplement shakes and the detox teas and (laughs) all of the crazy things I wouldn't expect to see um, across the ocean, I guess. And I remember one day coming back to my host family and my host mom was drinking, she called it a vitamin drink. 
And when I turned over the bottle, I kind of laughed because it said printed on the on the bottom, made in Oklahoma City. And I live in Oklahoma. I'm like, <laughs> where is every woman in this world just sold a lie that you just need to drink the vitamin drinks and you'll have the life <laughs> that you need? So as a dietitian now, I work with individuals, both men and women, um, with disordered eating, uh, binge eating, and just body image recovery. Um, I created my uh, Food Peace Joyful program to help individuals just do that. I guide them through intuitive eating, just helping everyone unlearn diet culture and help them find what health looks like for them, how to begin to trust their bodies again. Um, And that just is real valuable to me. Yeah. The work you do is so important. You have no idea. Coming from someone, I have always been a dieter my entire life. I'm 33 years old and I don't remember ever not being on a diet. I don't remember ever not loving my body and what it does for me. And I can't say that I love my body now, but I'm I'm, I look at it so differently now. And it's just in the last year or so that I've started to see this. And I think motherhood changed me. But there are so many women in my community here that are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to begin. How do I lose weight? What do I do? How? And I had this issue. I actually talk about this on my social media a lot. I had this issue of binging. Uh, never formally diagnosed, but I noticed I would go all day without eating because I was so busy. And then bam, 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 it would be mealtime and I would just eat so much food and be sick over it. And then I would be like, well, I don't understand why I keep gaining weight because I don't even eat that much, blah, blah, blah. And obviously my whole life, everything's been super weight focused. As you know, that's kind of our culture here. It really is. It really is. And it's like with COVID, like everybody being shut in and everything, it's almost like the first thing people notice when you're out and about, it's like a comment on like your physical body. It's not, Oh, I missed you. I missed your smile or I missed your personality. Like, I'm just so happy to see you. It seems to be always like a physical comment and that can just cause people to spiral. And I work, as I talked about, I work with binge eaters and I always say like, the binge isn't like the end of the day. It's not the link at the end. It's the link at the beginning of the day. Like what did we do all day to set up for this binge at the end of the day? Cause it's never truly about the binge. Yeah. That's interesting. I honestly don't really know that much about this binging thing I have going on, but I know that it's definitely <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about diet culture. In your from your studies, from your experience, how has it changed and evolved, and how has it affected women in the last twenty years? Right. I mean, I we're around the same age. I turned thirty five in February, and honestly, growing up, I never really remembered my mom dieting. Like I know that she did diets every so often, but I never felt like what she was doing. Um, she expected like the family to do. Um, so I think like 20 years, like the evolution of diets and diet culture, I really don't think it's changed. I say it's still the same dog. We just taught it new tricks, right? Um, diet culture has this idea that appearance and body and shape are more important than the physical health, the psychological health and our overall well-being. And the diet industry knows this. And so they capitalize on people's feelings of guilt around their body and shame around their body 
and guilt around their food choices and shame about their food choices. And they serve us up what they think our solution should be. So I think diet culture is definitely the, the dog and the new tricks are like the waist shapers and the detox teas and the before and after pictures and all of these things. Um, so I don't know, does that answer your question? How it's affected women? Um, as I mentioned, like diet culture really capitalizes on our insecurities. So they'll tell us something that we should be insecure about. And then they're like, okay, let me fix that. <laughs> if, it, if it worked, then there wouldn't be a business for diet culture. They wouldn't have repeat customers, right? <laughs> yeah. And you see it everywhere. You see diet culture everywhere and everything. And it's so hard to get away from it. And it's so easy to get sucked into it too. And I'm guilty 100%. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, have you noticed in the last few years on social media specifically that it has shifted a little bit? Have you noticed a shift? Have you noticed women changing? Right. So... To kind of talk about the evolution of myself, when I started pursuing uh, my career in nutrition, I fell for it. I was sucked into diet culture. Like I wanted to become a dietitian so I could learn how to eat the healthiest things and be the healthiest person and show my family how to be healthy and live until a million years old. Like I fell for it as well. I think with diet culture now, I think that so much, so many celebrities have buy-in in it and they're so influential. And many people just think like, oh, a celebrity use, uses <laughs> this product. And so it must work. And I think with social media, like it's almost, it's viral, right? It goes viral so quickly nowadays. Mm -hmm. So I think in a way, social media has made it a little bit more difficult to kind of like, I don't know, put out the fires of diet culture. Um, I think there are creators in the space, especially Instagram. That's where I spend a lot of my time that are really trying to move the more body neutral message. I think that's great. I think sometimes it does get a little bit lost and some not saying that people can't be body positive and body neutral and everything like that. I think sometimes it still gets lost because we still, we've all been conditioned on this socially acceptable image of what health looks like. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes that still kind of gets lost in translation. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. People ask me all the time. I post a lot of fashion on my um, I love my your. Podcast. I love your Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And recently people are like, how, how did you become body positive? How did you become so confident? And I, I didn't, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm just going to right out, say it. I'm not, I'm not body positive. I'm not confident every day. I have super hard days. I have super um, good days, but mostly like I struggle every day with how my body looks and how I beat myself up for how I could be doing better for my body. But I'm definitely shifting more into that body neutral space because I have this body and I can love it for what it is and do dress it for what it is now and just try to be healthy, not focus on like the weight and how I look, but just try to be healthy for my body and for my mind. 
And it's a battle. It's an everyday, it's a choice. I have to make that choice every single day. So, and I don't know if I'll ever be body positive, you know? Yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Cause when I think about positivity, just in general, like the opposite of positive is negative. So if we have body positivity, there's going to be times that we have body negativity. So I really strive for body neutrality. And even as an expert in body image, like I have my days. I know we talk like I ruptured my Achilles last a couple months ago and I'm hobbling around. How positive can I really feel about my body right now? Like, why is it? Why can't I just walk? Why can't I just be normal again? Right. Normal, whatever Mm -hmm. that means. So like even as someone that I consider myself an expert in this, like I still have my days because I'm human. Right. Like this is the whole human experience. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. And I think what you mentioned, trying to move to a neutral, like neutral is like my body is like my body, my body breathes for me. Goodness. I don't have to tell my body to breathe. That is so freaking awesome. Right. Like I don't have to tell my body every day to breathe in and breathe out. It just does. My body like smells delicious food. Like my body, even though it's not moving the way I want it to, like it still moves. Like how, how much of a blessing is that? So I think just focusing on more of like what my body can do for me and its function and not what it looks like doing that. Mm -hmm. It's like the power of attraction. Like what you say will be, I'm curious. I actually was going to ask you is body positivity our goal, but you just kind of answered that, right? You kind of just answered neutral, neutral, body images goal. So when you have a client come to you, how do you, what are the top things you say to them to start shifting to that neutral zone? What, how do you do it? What do you say? Oh my gosh. It's a process. Like that's one thing I really have to remind uh, clients that come to me. Cause I mean, most of them are trying to get out of diet culture, right? Um, And diet culture tells us you do X, Y, and Z and you get or you do ABC and you get X, Y, and Z and uh, working through body image, especially with intuitive eating, like it's a process. It's like, I don't know the outcome. Well, the outcome could be, who knows? It could be anything, right? So it's a process. A lot of people come to me, even on my intake, I mention like I am a weight neutral, uh, help at every size, intuitive eating dietitian. Is this something you're practicing? A lot of people aren't. I get it. And then my next question is, are you, are you interested in learning more about this? And some people will put yes. And those seem to be more of an ideal fit. And some people will straight up be no. And that's fine because I think people have to come to that on their own. It can't be really a bait and switch. So all that to say, when people come to me, a lot of times they still have this idea of like, I need to be the person I was 10 years ago when I was training for 5Ks every single weekend and kind of miserable doing that. Like that's the body I want. And part of my work is like, okay, that's that's a truth for you right now. That's something that you are striving. But let's think back. How did you feel waking up at five o'clock every morning, even though you didn't want to? How did you feel when like you had shin splints all the time <laughs> and could barely walk? Like, let's go back to the reality. Like, yeah, that maybe there's a body that you're um, desiring to have back again, but let's go back to 
all the other truths of that moment, right? It's not just the body. There's a lot of things that built that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that because it's not just your body that made you feel that way, right? It's Mm -hmm. all these other things. Um, So body positivity is so trendy right now. We know this. And (laughs) sometimes I feel like it makes me frustrated because (laughs) I'm seeing body positivity and I'm wondering, kind of like people asking me, how how did you get to this point? And I wonder like, does she feel like that all the time? Because how did she get there? And how do I feel like that all the time? Because I don't feel like that all the time. What would you say to somebody like me who isn't necessarily body positive, but it isn't necessarily trying to diet either. Um, What, what would you say to me? What, what are some words of wisdom? Yeah, that's a really good question, Nina. I think, like I said, I don't think the goal is ever really body positive. It's really just like being neutral. Like my body is here. Like you're a mother, like my body has birth. A child has created another human. And also I learned you could, like I knew a placenta, came with the baby, but like our body created that, like, okay. (laughs) Like our body can do so many miraculous things. And I don't know if that truly answers your question, but I mean, I don't think body positivity is possible all the time. And I almost question some of the creators in the space that act like every moment of their life is positive because that seems a little psychotic. (laughs) Like no one's always positive. (laughs) So if that's their brand, I mean, live your best life. But I think it's even, I think it's important to kind of uh, peel back the layers even on social media because what people are showing is just a glimmer, right? It's just Mm -hmm. a glimmer, (laughs) Um, of their life. It's not their whole life. Um, And people usually share the happy things. They don't, they don't share when like, this is maybe too detailed. Like when I was sick a few weeks ago and my husband had to carry me from the bathroom to the bedroom. Like I'm not sharing that on social Mm -hmm. media because who wants to see sad stuff, right? And like frustrating stuff and like the real human experience. Yeah. Yeah. I try to like, I try to sprinkle some of that stuff in there because I think people feel more human when they see, oh yeah, like she's struggling too. But I'm not, when I talk about the negative things, it puts me in a negative headspace and then I get to that negative space again. (laughs) Okay. So this is a loaded question and I have a feeling I know what you're going to (laughs) say, but my mom, my mom listeners, my listeners in general here, Okay, we don't want to diet, right? That's not the goal. However, how do we shed fat and get healthier without <laughs> dieting yeah. the, and doing it the mindful way? Like, what are, what are your tips on that? Yeah, so I'm going to challenge that a little bit because I think sometimes when we focus on a specific thing in our body, i.e. shredding fat or burning fat, it's almost impossible not to hyper-focus on that when we are eating or exercising. And also it's not really possible. I'm not an exercise scientist, um, but I think our bodies are a little bit more complex than like eating one thing and that's burning fat or moving one way and that's burning fat. I think it's really impossible to really uh, isolate fat loss versus water or muscle. So I think it's just important to be mindful of how you feel. I I talk about that in my practice, like being mindful of how you feel when you're eating food. Like 
did I eat this? And I kind of felt a little sluggish. Did I have energy for a little bit? And then a crash, like just being mindful of things you choose to eat and also ways you choose to move your body. Like, do you do this exercise because you felt guilty about something you ate? Or are you doing this exercise? Because I like to, I'm just making, I like to do Pilates. I feel good doing it. I love to see how much more flexible I can be. I love to see how much balance I have. Um, so I think it's just really, again, focusing on how your body feels, excuse me, eating things, and then how your body feels doing things without focusing on what my, how my body is changing doing it. So I've been following this hunger scale that my therapist gave me and I am blown away at how little I knew what my body wanted. Yeah. Like I didn't know what it felt and when it felt and what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I literally hung the picture of the scale on my pantry door and I look at it every couple hours to check in like, where do I fall on this scale? Yeah. And it has been a game changer for me. I'm still struggling with like thinking about food as like whole and and healthy and this and that. Like I'm trying to get away from those thoughts and I'm trying to like eat the things that make me feel good. But definitely I'm way more aware of when I'm hungry and when my body needs to be fueled. I've never, ever even realized. Like I would go from starving to stuffed. And there was like never any in between. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's a fantastic way to kind of get an introduction of intuitive eating for sure is honoring your hunger and and feeling your fullness. Um, And I even dive into one of the uh, principles of intuitive eating is discovering your satisfaction factor. Because even sometimes when we do use that hunger and fullness scale, like what we eat may not even be satisfying. Did it need to be more crunchy or more salty or more spicy or more creamy? So I I love that. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And there's just so much more to unravel. And I'm just like taking a little bite off right now. So I'm a busy mom. How the heck do I find the time and effort to eat well enough to be my best self? Mm. I am chasing around kids. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to clean. As a dietitian, what are your top tips for someone who's busy but also wants to be healthy? Yeah, I mean, and that's even a loaded question because busy moms all look different. Like <laughs> busy mom with two chi- children, busy mom with four, busy mom with a child with special needs or, or medically fragile children. Like busy mom looks different and I am not to judge who is a busier mom. Right. But I think it's just starting with one thing, like one thing, I think sometimes we overwhelm ourselves trying to eat healthy, drink water, exercise, get enough sleep, do a million things. And then maybe we do it for, I don't know, three, five, 10 days. And then we're back to where we're at. So start small, start with hey, I can round up my kids and go on a short five-minute walk around the neighborhood. Let's go sightsee the flowers or um, let me have a water bottle that I keep with me throughout the day and being intentional about drinking enough water during the day or let me shut off tech at 8 p.m., be in bed by 9, 9.30, but starting that process of like slowing down and shutting down in the evening. So I think it's really about 
choosing one thing and starting with that, hitting that goal consistently, and then putting something else on that you think you can handle and not overwhelming yourself with a million changes at one time. And as far as like food wise, do you recommend like meals or snacking or what, like what's your advice on that? My start is always if possible, three meals a day. Um, And I think once you start to figure out, as you were talking, Nina, like figuring out like your hunger and your fullness and where you land, making adjustments for that. But I think it's important to consistently be eating every three to four hours that rounds out to about three meals during the waking day, um, including vegetables that you enjoy, fruits that you enjoy, a protein source that you enjoy. Yeah. And I think that's great. I find a lot of moms, I say a lot, some moms that come to me are running off of wine and coffee (laughs) and get to the end of the day and probably feel like I felt like I was doing stuff all day. Why am I so hungry? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I find personally for me, I, I have a hard time and I think it's more, it's not really my body. I think it's more laziness. Like I don't like to make a meal for myself. I work from home. Yeah. I prefer to snack. So like every two hours, I try to get in like a protein and a carb and some type of like fruit or vegetable. And and I'm trying not to think of it as like a macronutrient. I'm trying to think of it as like, I know these foods together will give me the energy and the yeah. fullness that I need. Um, And there are times where I'm like, no, I don't feel like doing that. So I'm just going to eat a rice cake with Nutella on it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But um, also, like, it's really hard for me as a diet, like as a chronic dieter to shift away from eating every so often, eating so many meals. Because when I used to be, when I used to diet and stuff, it was like, eat every two hours, eat this, 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 this. For me today, I woke up and I was just like, oh, I didn't feel great. And I kept waiting for my body to get hungry because I'm really trying to focus on that hunger scale. And Mm -hmm. I did not get hungry until like 11. And that's weird for me. Normally I would make myself eat breakfast. So is that normal to just like sometimes not be hungry right away? Yes. Yes. It totally can be. And I mean, it's hard to like pinpoint what that can be. Sometimes our hunger is suppressed when we're super stressed or anxious or not feeling well. And I even talk to my clients about there's, while yes, there is hunger, I think hunger can be broken down into four different hungers. We have a taste hunger. So like, that's kind of like a craving, like, man, a rice cake and Nutella sounds good. And that's what I'm going to eat. Because if I don't eat that, I'm going to tear apart the pantry Mm -hmm. until I finally get this anyway. So like a taste hunger is more like satisfying a craving. Um, Physical hunger, we all know of like, man, I'm losing concentration. Maybe I should grab a snack or sit down for lunch or to like even more physical. My stomach is growling and about Mm. to rip itself apart. I really need to eat emotional hunger where we eat in response to maybe something happened, maybe a death, maybe a breakup, things like that. But there's also practical hunger. And I think practical hunger is important because it's nourishing our bodies, even though we may not physically feel hungry or want anything to eat. And that can happen, as I mentioned, maybe you're super stressed. Um, maybe you're anxious, maybe you're sick and you don't feel hungry, but you know what, like nourishing myself is good. Nourishing myself will get me through the day. 
Um, so yeah, I think that's really common. I think through through intuitive eating and really honing in on hunger and fullness, you start to be a little bit more cognizant <laughs> of when hunger arises and when it doesn't and trying to like find out patterns of our hunger. And I think that can be really helpful. But I think sometimes it's like, you know what? Sometimes I'm not as hungry, but I know I should eat something. Yeah. I never knew that, that there were so many, I have that like craving hunger all the time for chocolate. Okay. So I'm curious to know. I love your questions. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm curious, Crystal. I actually forgot to ask you this in the beginning and I ask all of my experts this and you kind of already answered it. You're an expert, right? So we all assume that you do perfectly in this area, right? What is something that you're struggling in right now in life that you want to do better in? And what is something that you're thriving in? Yeah, I feel like right now in this season of my life, I am really struggling with time management. I will put off some things until the final hour, the 13th hour, if that's the saying, and then rush to try to get it done. So even though I'm a small business owner, I, I like to think I, ha- I have myself put together. That is something that I do struggle with. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you're winning in right now? Um, let's see here. This is probably something I didn't realize or recognize until my husband brought it up. So being on crutches and everything, I had purchased this really cool handless crutch. So I essentially was walking around like a pirate (laughs) and everybody will ask, like when I out and about people will ask questions. And so I'll answer, I'll kind of like model it off for them, walk, give them tips, tell them where to find it. And my husband said to me the other day, he is very introverted in nature. And he was like, I am just so impressed that you've told the story about this pirate leg over and over and over again, but you tell it again to the umpteenth person. Like it's the first time that you've ever told the story, like the patience that you have. So, so you I got a, you got a job in sales, crutch sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I all that to say, I think my biggest win, regardless of like not feeling a hundred percent about my body situation right now, just still having the patience to deal with like people and to like still be compassionate and caring towards people. I'm an evidence data junkie and I want to know, do you have any evidence or data that proves that people do become healthier and their best selves when they're intuitively eating? Like, do you have any numbers? Yeah. Oh goodness. I don't have the numbers, but I know where to find their research. Um, I know that the Hayes community, so health at every size community has compiled like over a hundred, 125 uh, articles of research on how intuitive eating helps with people's well-being, it helps with lowering cholesterol, it helps with increasing activity. Because when people take the pressure off of changing their bodies, they can be free to do things they enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you for being here today. And I really want my listeners to know where they can find you on social media if they need to get a hold of you and Um, any anything diet related? Yeah, I mostly hang out on Instagram, um, and you can find me at the Mother Road Dietitian. So, 
little story, the mother road was what they used to call Route 66 back in the day. And I live in Tulsa, which is off of Route 66. So that is where the name came from. Um, So that's where you can find me. And I also have a Facebook group called Find Food Freedom Online Community. So go ahead and come join the group. We I do a Facebook Live once a week. I do a Facebook Live about a couple times a month, not once a week, um, on different trending topics. This next week, we're going to be talking about processed food, but I talk about intuitive eating and how to do intuitive eating when there's a chronic condition such as diabetes. Wow, that's awesome. I will definitely put all that below so people can find you. And again, thank you for being here today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm curious to know after this episode where you stand in your diet era. Are you a dieter? Are you an intuitive eater? Are you body positive, body neutral? It's also interesting to me, all of these labels our society has created. And I'm so grateful that Crystal was able to come talk to us about all this. And I have a surprise for you. I actually talked to her off the mic and asked her if she would be willing to give you guys a discount code for her coaching services. No pressure at all, but she is a dietitian and a coach and she works closely with people and intuitive eating and body neutrality so definitely check that out below i have a discount code and make sure you rate this episode if you enjoyed it make sure you give me a follow on socials and we'll talk next time